Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and today is the fifth show of 2020 for me. And uh, we thought I thought I would take a look today at the election as it stands right now, the the primary and the election coming up here in November 2020, and taking a look at the the major contenders now left standing, which would be, of course, Donald Trump but Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders um, and see what the conditions in their charts look like um, through this year, what's happening now, and certainly looking ahead to the convention and then the, um, the election on November the 3rd. Uh, I also just wanted to, to remind you that if you want to later on call in with a question about anything I talk about today or any astrological topic, uh, please do so and just give me your name. And if you're looking uh, to talk about your own chart, then, of course, I would ask that you give me uh, your name. Uh, first name certainly is just fine. And your birth date and place of birth, if that's all you have. And if you have a time of birth, well, then I can tell you that much more. And you could ask me a particular and personal question if you wish. And, of course, if you're looking for a, a full reading, uh, which is what I do, and, and usually initial sessions are an hour and a half and quite comprehensive in looking at both uh, an individual's potentials and strengths and abilities and challenges they would face in their life. And sort of it confirms what you know and adds to what you know uh, and helps you have that greater sense of yourself so you can make better and in more informed choices. Um, and then, of course, the second half of any reading is sort of looking at the timing of things or the arc of the life and where a person's been, where they are now and where they're going. Um, and it's quite comprehensive, and of course, all my sessions are recorded. So if any of you are interested in doing that with me, some of you have. Uh, that's what I do uh, for my day in, day out, year after year for almost 40 years now. So I'm more than happy to do that. Um, and of course, I do post things on my blog, too, and, and commentary there. And I've been trying to get finished my 2020 forecast, which I failed miserably at here. Uh, at this point, 2020 is going to finish before I get the forecast up, but I'll keep making work, uh, getting that accomplished over the next many weeks, hopefully. Um, but I thought I'd talk today about where we stand and what's going on. And of course, we're all uh, focused upon these questions, but also what's on our mind and you know, looking at around us and seeing what's happening here in the news is this whole question of the coronavirus. And some people have called me and said, you know, what, what does this mean? Is it, is it show up in the stars? And Certainly, um, we, we don't expect to find everything indicated that's going on around in our world indicated by what's happening up there in the solar system. And, and though I went back in history just for the, for the fun of it and just because I'm curious myself um, and went to see looking at the major pandemics, epidemics that have occurred throughout history, were there any patterns or planetary alignments in particular? And I haven't had time to really do a thorough study um, and looking at, let's say, going back to uh, 541, 542, the plague of Justinian was 25 million estimated uh, deaths. And that indeed was a time when Neptune was in Pisces, like we have it now, and Pluto was in Capricorn. So it very much mirrors that, but that's not a cause. It's just a co coinciding factor. Um, the Black Death had very different planetary positions in terms of you know, in that period of 1340s into 50s. Um, uh, which wiped out a good portion of the more than half, some say, of the European population at that time. Um, and so planets were in different positions. Neptune was in Aquarius and Pluto was in Aries then. Um, and then looking at the what was called the third cholera epidemic um, in the 1850s into 60s, again, that's what, again, Neptune now in Pisces, that's the last time it was in Pisces. So again, that 
epidemic pandemic, uh, but it was more of an epidemic, um, was also coincided with the last transit of Neptune through Pisces. And we're going through one now. And of course, the, um, the Spanish flu, the, the big one in our country and around the world in 1918, um, where the estimates vary from 20 to 50 million uh, passing away from that and complications from that. Again, again, all the planets were in different positions, the outer planets, the things we think would be more timing, long range events. So it, it doesn't show any kind of uh, that, that I can discern any significant coinciding patterns, but I'll, I'll keep looking at that among many other things to look for patterns and alignments that might explain um, these experiences we're having uh, in our lives and, and throughout history. So, so turning to the attention to today, and I also want to make note before I talk about the candidates, so I don't forget this. Um, tomorrow is the full moon. Everybody's feeling that energy, and it's quite profound. But it also happens to be the day, March the 9th, that Mercury is turning stationary direct. So it's really standing still right now. So today's a pretty intense day, and so will be tomorrow, because whenever this this uh, this phenomena of the planet mercury appearing to stop moving and go forward or backwards of course it never does that it keeps moving but for our purposes it does um it does tend to be a time of very pronounced and intense communications and information flows that are highlighted um so it went retrograde this last time on february the 16th and now goes direct tomorrow in the evening uh the next retrograde so you all are ready for that is coming up on june the 18th and continues until july the 12th um which of course is the day before the uh, the democratic convention beginning on july 13th so again a very intense period of communication in those days leading up to the convention and certainly during the convention and then the next retrograde um will occur in the fall and it will turn retrograde on october the 13th and get this it will turn stationary direct sure enough on the day of our election on november the 3rd um i had a i had a, a listener or a client call up and ask me you know what does that mean what does that mean and and, and is this going to be a problem and and I went and looked to see when Mercury was stationary or turning retrograde or stationary direct or retrograde over the course of, let's say, the 20th century um, in terms of our elections. Um, and well, actually, since 1940, uh, so out of 20 elections, um, Mercury has been direct 15 of those times. So three quarters of the time it was direct. It wasn't changing direction. It was retrograde two times during those in that 20 uh, in those 40 year, um, what am I saying? Yeah, 80 years, <laughs> 20 times. Um, and then it was stationary retrograde once and stationary direct once. Uh, and for here, for us in 2020, it's turning stationary direct. And yes, the last time that happened for all of us was the 2000 election. You all remember Florida and the hanging chads. Now, that doesn't mean because it's hardly one piece of evidence is not predictive, but it's worth noting that maybe we're going to be in for some challenging post-election counting and controversy, one would expect, uh, given what's been going on and has been going on for some time in our, in our, in our institutions and election processes. Um, so we, we should be prepared for that. But still, it doesn't mean that what happened before is going to repeat whatsoever. It just is interesting and perhaps a little, uh, little uh, makes us a little more apprehensive about how this is all going to go down. Okay, so turning to the point I was going to make today in terms of looking at 
the remaining candidates, the major candidates, and that would be Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders competing for the Democratic uh, uh, position and Donald Trump certainly holding the, the Republican position and just taking a look at their charts in general and what's happening in them to see what we might see. Um, and again, as I've done this before, talking about the large <laughs> uh, group of people, both in 2016 and now in 2020, um, there's ways of analyzing and looking at historically um, what, what keeps keep showing up in candidates' charts that makes them more likely or likable to the American public. And as I pointed out again and again, certain planetary configurations or placements in the signs certainly, and even the houses of the chart, shows up quite significantly. And, and Donald Trump has a bunch of those things that favored him in terms of his Mars being in Leo um, and other factors that really come up again and again and again. If uh, the sun and Mars being in Leo or Scorpio or Aquarius comes up very strong. And so we, we look at those and say, okay, what other candidates have certain alignments that may favor them over others? Um, so Donald Trump has things that favor him, that Mars and Leo and other factors. For Joe Biden, um, what he has going for him, of course, is the, um, the, in terms of suns and the placement of the sun, the sun sign, the two biggest signs for America has been Scorpio and Aquarius, like Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan and for FDR. But Scorpio is right there with the Aquarians, and Joe Biden is a, is a Scorpio. Um, and then I look at the moon signs, and, and far and away the, the strongest moon placements have been in the sign of either Capricorn or Taurus, an earth sign. And Joe Biden has that. And so when I looked at that, I said, well, you know, here he is a very fixed person. So that's a steadying influence and purposeful and steadfast and sort of resolute. That's a strength that he possesses. But when a moon is in an earth sign, especially when it's in the sign of Taurus, it's a steadying influence. It makes a person emotionally very steady and sort of reliable and comforting to others. And so they are they warm up to that. And Joe has that going for him. And then, of course, he has as his rising sign, the sign of Sagittarius. And Sagittarius people are, they approach life as a, in a very easygoing manner. They tell it like it is. They're often very verbose, whereas Scorpio Tuesday plays it a little more careful and cautious uh, and can make great poker players, they say. Uh, uh, people with Sagittarius rising sort of wear their heart on their sleeve and they just let you know what they're thinking and what, what they want to say. And they tend to be quite quite verbal uh, about that. So certainly that fits his, his, uh, his personality. And we'll we maybe talk some other, about some other things here. So when I jump over to look at Bernie Sanders's chart, um, he, of course, has his son in Virgo. Um, and Virgo is well represented, but it's not at all nearly represented like the, the Scorpios or the Aquarians, because only, only two of our presidents have been Virgo before. So that's not a very big count. Uh, and then in terms of his moon sign, the second most important feature, only one president in our history out of the 40 um, has had their moon in Aries. So it's very uncommon and therefore less likely, uh, given there is something about what we're dealing with in terms of any leader is not just how they shine their sun sign, but how they are without thinking their emotional nature, the way they respond to things and how others respond to them is shown by that moon sign. And as I said, Joe is sort of got that solid comforting quality. The moon in Aries is a very 
excitable and energizing and combative energy. Um, and so Moon and Aries people, since it's the first sign, tend to be rather emotionally, you could say, exuberant or impatient. Um, and that can make them seem like they're all fired up about something. And certainly a combination of Virgo and Aries makes a person very intelligent, very sharp and very quick. Um, but they also can be somewhat off-putting in terms of how hasty or abrupt they are. They're often quick to anger. And whereas Joe approaches life with that Sagittarius rising of being frank and direct and sort of slap you on the back, and a Bernie has Scorpio rising, which means he's driven and sees life as a battle, uh, which he's willing to fight for and win and, and putting in his, his, uh, all his all to make something happen. He's not going to give up or surrender uh, because he's a fighter by nature. That moon in Aries ruled by Mars and then Scorpio in ancient times ruled by Mars. He has a very combative energy form here, which in certain situations you want, of course, uh, if you want to have somebody on your side who's going to fight for things. So he has a lot going for him there. Um, but in terms of someone you might want to spend more time with and hang out with and see, you know, night after night or week after week on the shows, uh, talk shows and, and news broadcasts and what have you, uh, Bernie might be a little grating and Joe might be sort of very comforting. That's the way it goes. And that's what America is looking for. They're looking for something, depends on what they're looking for, to live with for the next four years. Um, Donald Trump has going for him the fact that he is someone who can and will say anything. And he's like walking this higher wire act and you're wondering what's going to happen next. So it's never dull. It's always exciting. He's very contrary. And by constantly doing what is unexpected or what is not uh, normal or ordinary, he has a great strength there in his eccentricity, in his iconoclastic ways of breaking up things and shattering norms and keeping other people off balance. Uh, so that's actually a strength of his that, of course, in certain times and places and being quick to respond could work in his favor. But by being consistently inconsistent, it could work, of course, against him in terms of carrying through what he wants to accomplish or responding to certain problems in a manner that is more, shall we say, organized and systemic rather than just catch as catch can. Um, OK, so I just wanted to lay that out there in terms of certain basic qualities and characteristics of these three individuals. Um, and then I wanted to take a look at well, what's happening now in each of their charts? What are the more abiding and powerful energy forms that they're working with now? Um, it's kind of interesting. If we look at, uh, at in, in, um, in Joe Biden's chart right now, um, this is a year where the planet Saturn now is marching through his second house, the house of values and resources and my talents and abilities, my strengths. Um, and so he's grappling with developing and repurposing and developing his strengths and drawing upon those strengths for whatever he's doing now. And that's exactly what Bernie Sanders is doing because Saturn's going through his second house. Both the top remaining candidates here have Saturn in the second house and they're going through these tests of value of what is my strength? How can I repurpose and develop those strengths? Uh, what am I drawing upon there for, for myself in terms of um, my abilities and, and my, my responsibilities? Um, so that's fascinating to me that they're both um, dealing with this similar test of their self-worth and test of their values. And what's also striking, and I spoke about this last week, whereas Bernie has had his moon progressing through Pisces, Joe Biden just had his moon go into Pisces. And so they're both in terms of their 
ongoing emotional sensitivities and sensibilities, dealing with questions that have to come down to, are we creatures of faith or are we driven by fear? And, and by finding our faith and the possibility that we realize we're making things happen, that we're the creators, that is our true and abiding faith, faith as humans, that we're the imagineers making it happen. And the only enemy we face is fear, which could then flash forward our past mistakes and errors and make less perfect what we try to create today. So the challenge in all of our lives, day in, day out, is to become fearless and be faithful in our power to create and recreate ourselves and our world continuously. And both these individuals are tapping into that energy form at this point in time in, in their charts, which is quite, quite powerful and quite wonderful. Uh, Donald Trump, meanwhile, it's kind of interesting. His moon is in the opposite place now. His moon has progressed into Virgo. So here we have the two Democratic candidates dealing with questions about faith, and about spirituality. And of course, Pisces is about self-sacrifice and compassion and empathy. And right now, Donald Trump has his moon in Virgo. And, and the moon in Virgo is a time that one is being analytical and critical and needing to make changes in how one organizes themselves internally, but also makes changes externally to create a life that makes sense for them and whatever they're doing or working for. So it's very much a critical and analytical time for him also a time that tends to put into focus one's health and well-being and, and how one is doing in terms of taking care of oneself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. As I've pointed out more than once here over the last few years, Donald Trump is going through quite a, a, a list of major alignments to his chart right now, both in 19 and now continuing in 2020. The biggest being, of course, our good friend Pluto, um, moving over now across his Saturn this year and still lining up with his son, which means he's re-examining or having to re-examine his relationship to his sense and source of power himself and how it connects to the power that he's tapping into around him last year and this year. But now Pluto's going over his Saturn. That's the planet of reality itself. And when it does so, your life becomes very, very challenging, and you feel tired and often anxious and despondent. You, the, the challenges in your life are mounting up and more and more, and you can't deal with it. And other people who wield authority or power appear to be really out to get you in some way. Um, so he has to battle to hold on to his position or have it taken away. Uh, and now he will see how the problems or the enemies he has made for himself perhaps are multiplying. So the question is, you know, what's the outcome here? Well, we'll see in a few more months. Uh, meanwhile, the very planet that he always counts on as being his shield and armor, uh, his Uranian energy of being an iconoclast, is lining up in a frustrating way in his life this year, which means he feels a lack of freedom this year. He's frustrated because he can't do what he wants to do as he wants to do it. So it'll make him even edgier and perhaps even more unstable as this energy courses through his life all during 2020. And meanwhile, it's just the litany goes on. He has Uranus going over his Pluto. I mean, it's just like it's, it's unrelenting here. So, again, his attempt is his, his frustration and his intention to attempt to manipulate others or exercise power in covert ways will be frustrated now. And he will face the fear or it will be a fact that he has made for himself in his life that what he has, that his will is going to be lost. Um, 
in an ordinary, ordinary person, would they would go to therapy or they just give up on what they were doing because the pressure became too great. We'll see what he decides or what he can do to cope with all this. Um, for, for Joe, um, luckily for him, the pressures are not so great, but he is under a, a, a very taxing energy this year with Saturn going over his moon. And he has to watch and pace himself, especially here at the end of March, beginning of April, and again, the middle of June. But other times during this year, he has some very favorable energy lining up in his chart that should help him at critical moments. And so just looking at what has happened just recently. So let me go to his chart and the layout of his planetary energies. As we all know, it was looking not so great for him uh, as we went through the first primaries and, and he wasn't scoring and gaining delegates. And then it all seemed to turn on or about February 29th with the South Carolina primary. Well, that was the very day that there was an aspect in Joe's chart where he's facing a decision to go one way or the other way. And, and now he has to choose what to cleave to and hold to and what to cut out in his life. And so it was like a pivotal moment that day of the 29th. And it followed just days later, then Jupiter trying the top of his chart, that the, what's called the midheaven, your house of destiny, which it does again here in early August after the convention and again in late October. And so this is a time when you are expanding your professional life, your social reach, making most of any opportunities in your life during this time. It's a quite a favorable moment. And it's coupled with the fact also here, again, this was on March the 4th, <laughs> that this was a time where now Saturn lining up with Venus, again, it will happen in July and again in November, December, where you're having all this new opportunity for, in terms of your values and sensibilities and your you might say your both your spiritual and moral compass you're making connections to many people in many social circles through this and then again march the 12th so in a, it, right right after the uh the uh next primary he has jupiter sextiling his mercury which means really great information's coming clear and quick thinking uh very important information flowing his way that aspect happens here on March the 12th, so March 11, 12. Then it returns on July 20th. That's the day after the convention, basically. And then the day after the election, Jupiter will sextile Joe's Mercury a third and final time for the year. It means good information coming to you in those periods. So for my way of looking at things, given how energies are lining up here for the convention here in July, and we'll talk more about that, and looking at what's happening on or about November the 3rd, things look very good in, in Joe Biden's chart. If I swing back to Donald Trump's chart, I mean, let's look what's happening, not so much right now, but let's see what's happening at that time of the election. In the month preceding that election uh, on November the 3rd, Donald Trump has the second of three passes, let me make sure, Yes, the, the third of three passes of Saturn going over his Venus this year, though that's a thing that Saturn touching Venus is every seven or eight years. Whenever Saturn's touching Venus, the planet of value, beauty and love, we're not feeling the love. We're feeling less lovable, less beautiful, less worthy. It can be an illusion and we have to fight it, but definitely we're feeling not valuable and valued by others. And it's an opposition. So he definitely feels himself bereft of support in that 
critical period in, in the month of October. And then right after the election, he has Saturn going over his Mars again for the third time, saying it's time now for you to adjust your ambitions and goals because you need to redirect your energies. And then shortly thereafter, uh, that Pluto to, to Sun comes along for the third and final time, and you're making powerful changes in your life to reflect the changes that are happening around you. So I'm not guaranteeing or predicting this is the way it's going to go, but it looks very, very difficult to Donald Trump to me, and it looks very, very good for Bernie Sanders in this same period, uh, for Joe Biden, when I, when I want to look at Bernie Sanders. And so in looking at Bernie Sanders' chart, what's happened here in in the very end of february well he had a very difficult aspect on february 29th jupiter squaring his moon and that meant this is a time where he had to be careful that he didn't over or underreact. and and in terms of how he's feeling we know he has a tendency to get if he's not careful angry too easily with that moon in aries he could have been very upset um and here in early march um, another difficulty coming with Jupiter aligned in a difficult way with his own Jupiter um, and a little more disappointment coming along here right now in this first second week of March. If I look to the convention, uh, which is again there in middle of July, that is exactly the week when Bernie is having the second of three passes of Pluto to his Mars. Mars is your desire and action in life. It's your thrust in life. It's the ruler for his chart because he's got Scorpio rising, when Pluto's on Mars, you're in it for the fight and you're not giving way. So he's coming to that convention no matter what, fighting and maybe pushing to have incorporated, if not him becoming the candidate, pushing to have things in his, the platform that more speak to his, his group of people that have been supporting him. He'll be fighting for them to the end because of the passion he'll bring to that convention in mid-July. If I look at what's happening for him on or about the time of the election. Um, this is a time when Pluto is moving over his Dharma um, here in January, again in September, but finally there right on November. And so there's a reward coming to him at that point in terms of his path and destiny. And maybe it's involvement in some, something, it could, it could be the election, and he is the candidate, that's possible, that's what this indicates, or it could be being incorporated in other ways in terms of trying to be a significant person in a group of people trying to bring about and shape or change the future, which would certainly make a lot of sense going forward uh, if, if the Guinea administration is changed and we move into a democratic administration. I'm sure he'd have a role to play there one way or the other. Okay. Um, and I think, I think that's what I wanted to cover. I'm just making sure I didn't leave out anything or anybody. Um, no, I think, I think that's good. And uh, we'll obviously keep covering these things and looking at these things over the course of these many, many weeks and months to come. Uh, and, and certainly uh, other topics as well I want to cover during the coming year. But I thought what I'd do now is let me put all this away, um, all the political stuff, get it off my screen and and take a look at all of you who've been waiting there quite patiently for me and and I again I apologize I probably talked too much today again about my topic here but uh but I thought it was important and I, I wanted to just give an overview of where things stand right now so with that all in mind let me take the first caller I tend to go in order here so I may skip around a little bit so let me see uh, who's on the line here for us today okay 
Hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. It's Camilla. How are you? Oh, hi, Camilla. How are you? Hello. Hello. Good. Not too shabby. And you? Um, well, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm getting, of course, a lot of both through clients and friends dealing with this ongoing crisis that's sort of sweeping across the globe. And so uh, yeah. I always say, no matter what, I feel good and I, I'm glad all my family and friends seem okay. But I know through the circle of certain clients, people who've been directly impacted by this, their business has been shut down because it depended upon importing yeah. and exporting. They're, they, oh. they're having to take out a loan to keep their business going, which is not what you want to wow. do. You want to take a loan and the business. Um, other right. people who had their children sent home because the schools have been closed because a, ch- uh, a child's father was ill and so several schools have been closed. And it just, it's just mm. impacting us more or less at the periphery, but working its way in. So we're all ever more mindful about um, what's happening here, as we should be, and mm-hmm. take proper precautions. So, so I'm okay. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I totally I, relate. I, the fear I, is it's hard for it not yeah. to seep in. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard. We yeah. have to stay positive and just be smart and take care of one another um, and help one another. Um, as other friends may be mm-hmm. more in need and, and need our help to go get them supplies if they can't get out or something. So let's all mm-hmm. remind ourselves it's an opportunity to show our, our humanity and help one another through a difficult moment. And um, well, I'm sure most of us will do that. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So, so um, yeah, so I think, um, let me just bring up your chart here. And, and okay. what was your question for me today? I, I know you did send it along in advance, oh. which is always very helpful, but what's going on? Oh, no worries. I wanted to look at work, money. You know, I've gone through a really rough patch Um just emotionally when um, Pluto squared my moon, like I Mm -hmm. just had an emotional breakdown essentially. And um, I went into an ashram from December uh, and I just came out February 20th and I'm feeling a lot stronger and a lot better, um, but I definitely need to, you know, get to work and making money. I'm currently renting out my place as an Airbnb and staying with a friend. Um, Okay. I really need to, bring in some work and my work is freelance and it's creative and some things are being impacted by this, you know, virus as well. So I just want yeah. to see, and as you were, you know, talking about the presidential candidates, I'm aware that, you know, Saturday square might be, I'm aware that it's my second house. So I just want to see what your thoughts are. Sure. <laughs> Hopefully some positivity <clears throat> in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, the Pluto on your moon, that, exactly that. It would be dredging up and, 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 and forcing you to go through this transformational process emotionally. So you needed time to re- recover or deal, work with that and then recover from that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's moved on now. Pluto's leaving you alone. In fact, Pluto's doing a marvelous thing for these next two years in that it, now it lines mm-hmm. up with your sad positive way which usually Mm -hmm. means this is a time in terms of your own attempts to transform your life and how you develop your resources and develop your business and ambitions because Saturn is your role in the world and and such. This is a time where you, through patience and hard work, you can achieve your ambitions, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's what your chart says. We're all living in the real world where a person can have a chart in their own chart saying, you're having the best year of your life, but we're in the middle of a depression. So it's like, oh, gee, thanks a lot. But, 
means means I might do better than somebody who doesn't have this, of course, but still it's all it as mm-hmm. they always say, it's all relative. But certainly that's a very strong indicator, a very positive one for you at this time. Moreover, mm-hmm. Neptune has finished going over your Mercury, which was through January. That also would have been wonderful for creativity, but also mm-hmm. kind of challenging from mind and focus and consistency Absolutely. and communication. That yeah. lifted. Then, of course, mm-hmm. you also have, for this year, as you said, Saturn going over your Venus. And that's just a struggle with the, the feeling I'm having is I don't feel as valuable. Though, of course, the truth is my value is what it is and is ever-changing and growing, too. But my core value is my love for myself and my love for others. And that shouldn't ever vary or go away. I have to keep tapping back into that and saying no matter how I feel, in this moment, I know it's partly an illusion because the reality is I'm priceless and I'm beautiful and lovable and all those things. But I do mm-hmm. need to be careful. In Saturn on Venus could mm-hmm. make me be more cautious or fearful, and therefore I might not attempt something or go for a job and underbid and not ask for what I'm really owed. So be careful about mm-hmm. that. You know, yourself and 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 mm-hmm. value yourself you make a contact or have someone contact you, they sense that in you, that you know who you are, you know what you're doing, you're good at what you do, that you don't have that, that, that sense in your, in your, in your voice or, or, or attitude that, oh, I'm, I'm living with fear. And that's was right. not going to, it's going to just drive people away, right? But the biggest benefit mm-hmm. certainly on this year is Jupiter on March the 5th, moved into your second house, which means yeah, starting a couple days ago, <laughs> starting a couple days ago, you are now going to yeah. have, that will very much counter Saturn on Venus because Jupiter brings in growth and expansion. And it's going to lead to a growing sense of self-esteem, usually indicates increased flows of money during that time. But that means both coming mm-hmm. in and going out because you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. We have to spend mm-hmm. money to make money. And we're mm-hmm. getting more busy and whatever, and all our resources are, we're getting more coming in, but we're having to spend more to keep it going. So, but the net net is it should be a year of growth financially for you. Yes. So I, this is a really okay. good indicator. Yeah. Not only do you have okay. Pluto going over your Saturn, trining it, but Jupiter lining on, on up with it too. So they're both reinforcing your Saturn and Jupiter from that second house along with Pluto. So I think things look really good, actually. Um, but, well, thank but God. You, it, I can make some it, money to keep a roof over yeah, my head at least. Yeah, give it a, give it a, give it a little time because it just started. I mean, just literally a days ago, Jupiter entered that house. So it will make its presence mm-hmm. known. And you can count on that and rely upon that for, you know, making those contacts, reaching out to however you reach out to get your work. Because you said you're more or less freelance, right? So it's, um, mm-hmm. it's the connection you make with others. Yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. networking. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine. I do. Good. Okay? Phew. Okay. And, of course, Thank you so Mercury's much. retrograde. <laughs> we can't forget that. Yeah. And, and it's turning direct tomorrow in your second house. Um, and then it will move out of there. So really everything should start moving here and you'll see it in this next week and the next weeks to come, I think. All right. 
Thank you so much. And if your natal is uh, retrograde, I've heard people say they think that it's a positive thing when Mercury. What is your opinion on that? Because I've heard both opinions. I and really anecdotally, sure. I've seen that with people I know who have Mercury retrograde and their lives get really super busy, not necessarily mm-hmm. in a monetary way, but certainly their lives are busy and a lot of stuff, stuff is happening in their life when Mercury is retrograde because they were born with Mercury retrograde. So they, right. not that they don't also face complications and communication issues because everybody else is affected <laughs> too. Right, but, exactly, um, exactly. But often I've seen that noted in many cases with clients. They say, wow, that was a really busy time for me. And I go, makes sense. It's your time. <laughs> so Right, exactly. Yeah. I feel like my brain's been busy. And I think I'm having a Mercury that, return too, so that should be pretty active as well. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it, it's retrograding right now in Aquarius because it backed into Aquarius, but now it'll turn direct and go forward and come to your Mercury in a few weeks. Yeah. Thank okay. You so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'll talk <laughs> to you again. Okay. Have a great one. Okay. okay. Take care. You. Bye. Bye. Okay, next caller. This is Bill. Who's this? This is Deanna, and thank you for your program. I always enjoyed listening to the forecast. Okay, thank you. Uh, About Saturn and Uranus and Pluto and Jupiter, Uh how how is my chart being affected? Okay. Um, Well, again, Pluto is in that last third of Capricorn now, and it's entered into your sixth house, the house of work and service and how you organize your life. Um, yes. I'm not, let me just see if it, 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 which means it's a time of transformation in that part of one's life. Um, and, and, and of course, Saturn being there as well during these next several years of 2021 and 22, it's whenever Saturn in the sixth house, I say to a person, it's a time of healing on all levels, you know, professionally and emotionally and spiritually, but also physical health is something one has to pay more attention to. So that certainly is, is happening um, and, and continues to, to, to work its way through. Saturn will be in there till through the end of 2021. Um, but it's what it's doing in there that matters. And, and this particular year, Saturn's on your Jupiter. It went across in February it will back up and come across again in late August and then finally in late October. Um, and Jupiter and Saturn are the two planets most connected to our growth potential and our expansion and, and taking risks potential. And Saturn, our security issues and responsibility issues and being more cautious and sometimes fearful. So when Saturn touches Jupiter, we're looking at that very dynamic balance between our how much risk we're taking on versus how much we're take, being trying to be safety and securely, uh, secure our life, um, the risk-reward ratio. And it's saying to you, this is the year you begin a new cycle in trying to tap into what you believe in, Jupiter, and make a life from that, Saturn. Um, and so a new growth cycle or a new type of growth cycle could commence with this. But whenever Saturn is it's Saturn on your Jupiter, is, yeah. My, is my natal uh, Jupiter and Saturn also? 
Uh, your, your, well, your natal, my... your natal, your natal Jupiter's at 26 Capricorn. Your natal Saturn's at 17 Virgo. That's a trine. It's a, it's a healthy aspect, which means, generally speaking, a soul with a balance of Jupiter and Saturn usually has a better chance of getting it right, of balancing out their risk-taking and their security-seeking. They, they find a middle path of good growth for the most part. But whenever Saturn's on our Jupiter every seven or eight years, um, we do have to be much more mindful of our resources. We feel more have to be more cautious and careful without becoming fearful um, because it's just a time to just be, you know, really being careful with uh, how much risk we take on, how much growth we take on, not overdoing it. So the, this is just saying, yes, this, what you're experiencing, it is a tight time. You've got to be careful. Um, but luckily, you know, Jupiter is also in Capricorn and making a good contact to your Saturn which should help to balance it out somewhat. Just like you were born with Jupiter trying Saturn, Jupiter really is sort of trining your Saturn most of this year, back and forth as it goes retrograde soon and then comes back forward again. So I would say it's, it's not a very difficult year, um, but I would think these last three weeks it's been rather challenging connecting to people yes. uh, and and consummating an ideal or signing a contract or getting anything established because Mercury's been retrograde for these three weeks in your seventh house of relationship and partnerships and contracts. So what you should find starting tomorrow evening and thereafter, as Mercury goes forward now in that house of relationship, partnership, contracts, is that things that have been held up, information or deals or or connecting to people will now move forward again and so um it was like a pause for three weeks and now it goes forward so that should be a very strong change starting with mercury going direct okay are you there did i lose you i guess i guess you're gone okay um Okay, well, I'll take the next caller then. So let me go to the next person here, and hopefully Deanna's okay. Um, another call has been holding on quite some time. Let me go to this person. Hello, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hello? Is it me, Bill? It is you. Is it me? Who's you? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's me, Sandra Jean Boyd. Oh. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um, uh, I think you're a regular client, right, of mine? <laughs> yes. So, I, or, I've, I've got spoken, you in the database here. Yeah. Yeah. I've only spoken okay. with you once, but I, I okay. love to listen to you, and I really appreciate everything you speak about. And, um, yeah, so um, aloha. I'm here in, in Hawaii, Oahu. I made it, and oh, I moved into my apartment I moved uh-huh. in on March, on uh, December 20th, just five days before Christmas, and that was my dream to um, make it before Christmas into an apartment. So that worked out. But I've been just, like, feeling so angry about so many things and, like, kind of losing it and, and oh, no. cussing people oh, no. out. And I just want to oh, know, geez. like, what is that all about, and is that going to – Stop and win, <laughs> and well, just whatever else you see that might help. <laughs> okay. I, just well, yesterday, um, I said I'm sick of being mad and sad and and scared 
like with the coronavirus and things and yeah, yeah. so help <laughs> help okay well let's see what's going on in your chart let me look at everything is moving right now um so your progress moon is moving through taurus um but it moves in that fourth it's okay it's there in the third house coming up to your progress sun where is Mars right now for you? Oh, well, Mars just went into your 12th house. Um, that's, a, that's a challenging place for Mars to be. Mars is a planet of action and desire and thrust, but also is the source of our frustration then in how we deal with anger. Um, and in the 12th house means it's going to stir a lot of stuff up, um, old mm. stuff up and, and fears up yeah. or threats up. And so you might be having to deal with that for a little while now. I mean, Mars won't get out of there. Mm-hmm. Let me just move this forward. Um, it's, um, you just have to be careful now till the middle of April. Um, so okay. another month or so. And that's, be, that's because Mars in the 12th house tends to make us stir up the unconscious. And it's a time to consider again our desires mm-hmm. and our actions and how well mm-hmm. they're aligned our actions are aligned to reach our desires, but also to reconsider what is my desire. Often when Mars mm-hmm. is in the 12th house, attempts to assert ourself backfire because it's a house that deals with selflessness and sacrifice. So to the extent you can get involved in activities mm-hmm. where you're not the prime or only beneficiary, but I'm doing something for others, or I'm doing something in a very mm-hmm. compassionate and selfless way, this will be very healing for you, but also just using the energy properly. But if you try to assert yourself over much at a time like this, um, you'll find it won't work. <laughs> it's, just, right. You, right. it's better to go quiet, be introspective, go on your own kind of retreat or what have you uh, might be the better plan uh, until Mars mm-hmm. gets out of there. Um, and again, okay. that's how we see anger from most people is that, the energy's wanting, we're always wanting to move forward and become something more to reach something else or whatever. And we get deflected or blocked or face resistance. And either we retreat out of fear and hold that in and become troubled by it, or we react with anger because of what's happening. Um, and so we all trace it back to blockages of energy and fear and anger being the end result. And of course, if we understand that, we say, I just need to look again at what my goal is here and maybe redirect this energy mm-hmm. in a way that I can accomplish something because I can't obviously accomplish this thing, but maybe I can do that thing. And secondly, mm-hmm. to reconsider the way I'm doing it. Maybe I'm trying to get there this way. I know I got to get there, but I can't seem to get there. Well, that's, that's a message saying, don't try to go there that way. <laughs> but we mm-hmm. sometimes don't want to hear that. Um, but this, this is a, this will be a, you know, another almost month, I guess you could say of, of selflessness and somewhat degree of sacrifice in terms of your own actions. Okay. Okay. It's like, Sorry. um, that, that's I just, I just, that's <laughs> what's that? That's, that's, that's the forecast. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, I wish I could move okay. it along for you, but I, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I I did last night sign up for um volunteering at the um the Waikiki Aquarium. Um wonderful. Or I don't know if it's called Waikiki. Yeah, so I had to do a background check and and um pay for that and then send that on. So um yeah, I was feeling like I need to do something to volunteer sometime and something that I really, 
you know, feel connected with. And since I'm Pisces, I thought the aquarium, I don't know, it just came to me that maybe I should try to do something like that. And, and, but I've just been getting mad at all the people that smoke here, cigarettes. It's like wherever, you know, it's just all over. And, um, I went to a restaurant and ordered a vegan burger and they brought me a real burger and I didn't realize it till I took a bite. And, um, I went to a communion at a church and they gave me real wine and I haven't had wine either for, or any kind of alcohol for seven years. And it was like just so much, it's like the anger keeps coming up, but it seems like it's also from past issues or stuff that has been suppressed or something. It's like hard to explain. And then, you know that that that's what happens in the twelfth house. The twelfth house is the mm-hmm. is the house more. Everything is karma, you could say, and everything is dharma. But the twelfth house is specifically the house that contains. It's the source of our faith, but also to to reach that deeper level of faith, we have to get through our fears, our doubts, and anxieties. And you're born with Saturn in your twelfth house, so your test in mm. life is the test of fear and faith. And and so Mars in there now stirs it up, and you have to confront um, the, what are the sources of my fear, and, and probably what's what's happening here. Like you say, mm-hmm. um, it's testing you in terms of how much you feel appreciated and loved and cared for for who you are. These other people don't know who you are, so they give you wine when you didn't want wine, and they they make a mistake in the order, or they're like you say thoughtlessly smoking. But that's what they've been doing all along. You're the one encountering right. them now, so you have to say, okay, that's where people go to smoke. I'm not going to go there, and and I actually should feel sorry for them because I know that they're taking probably many years off their life, and they're going to suffer. And so, I rather than being angry, I should be compassionate and wish I would wish send them healthy thoughts that they would stop, <laughs> you know, for yeah. their own for their own lives and for their loved ones' lives. But still, you, you know. You should just, you know, seek to avoid those situations then, obviously. And you're, you're navigating yourself in a new space, so it takes time to know where it's, yeah. you know, good to go and, and safe to go. That's all. I kept okay. thinking, did I make a mistake? Did I make a mistake in coming here, or is this just all part of the process of what I'm supposed to go through? Well, it, actually, that's, going that's, there, you... It, Going, it, your sun line does go right through the Hawaiian Islands, but so does your Mars line, and that means you are dealing there with that Mars energy, which is, and it's going to your seventh house. You have to watch now how you handle your desires yeah. or anger vis-a-vis other people, and and realize that the misplacement of energy to be angry with others for being what and who they are. I just have to avoid them and be with people I wish mm. to be with and, and not hold it against other people for what they've been doing perhaps their whole life and, and they are what they are. Mm. I can't change them, nor should I try. Mm. Um, but I can get a hold of my own reaction to this, understand where it's coming from, and then I make a better choice. That's where you do have control, mm-hmm. right? So that's the lesson. Mm-hmm. Can't okay. control others. Okay? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Bill. I You're appreciate you. Aloha. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> talk to okay. you soon. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> okay. Another another long term holder here. Hi, it's Bill. Who's this? 
Hi. Someone there? I don't hear anybody, so I'll go to the next person. Okay. And waiting for it to close off. Okay. And I'll try this caller. Hello, you're on with Bill. Hi, Bill. It's Nathaniel calling in. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Uh, Pretty good. Hey, you know, I got my first four planets in the 12th house. And I wonder if you see, you know, kind of that's going to be kind of hard for me, right? Well, when when you have many planets in a house, it certainly makes that area of life much more compelling and complex. And initially for many souls, it's more confusing because, wow, what's going on here? But truly, in a way, we could argue every, every experience is spiritual, every experience is our spiritual growth and development. But you could say the 12th house, it being that final house, like the final sign of Pisces, deals with these ultimate questions of what it means to be human, which, again, I always say comes down to realizing that we're beings of, of a divine nature, working towards our divinity, working towards tapping into ever greater understanding about our power to create and imagine and recreate ourselves, our faith. And yet it equally then requires the only limit to that realization are whatever fears we have to yet work out. So anybody who has many planets in the 12th house is taking on a lot in this lifetime, certainly. But the progress they can make is extraordinary in terms of the development of their spiritual, their spiritual life. Um, and, but it requires for you throughout this life to, to work on that, meaning I need to take time for contemplation, meditation, whether it's walking in the woods or going into a special room that I've set up a certain way for realignment and attunement and finding myself at the center and realizing that self at the center connects to the center of the universe. That's the mystical experience that ultimately comes from the 12th house. It's the final conquering of our sense of being separate and apart and alone in this universe, and instead realizing that we are one with this universe as it is in us and we're in it, and there's nothing to be afraid of at all. Um, So the reward... In the end, is quite extraordinary, um, and you're quite capable so, of spending time with yourself and and being and yeah. being a very deep person. The challenge I would see, primarily, because the moon is here too, is that you will be very good at reading other people and seeing what they need and may need from you, and you could be very good at helping them get something from you. But what's not seemingly easy for you to get is to get something from them. Um, and, but the reason is, Nathaniel, is that they look at you and they don't see that you have any needs. They see that you're taking care of yourself or you seem to be content or everything is there. And so it's an appearance. And what you have to do, because it's like a one-way mirror, you see them, it's so clear to you, so you think, oh, they have to see me. They see what I need, but they don't. So you have to help them. You have to tell somebody who you care for and, and the other person seems to care for you. You say, you know, I really could use a hug right now. And they'll, they'll go, really? Because I'm not getting that from you. <laughs> but, but, but if over time, as they 
begin to see those more subtle signals of what you need because you've given them an entry into it, you'll begin to get what you need. That's the trick of this. If you don't let them know, they'll think you're okay. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, it, 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 yeah. Go ahead. You know, my, when I was born, I had a twin that passed away, and Mercury was also retrograde. So how does the Mercury retrograde uh, affect me when Mercury's retrograde? Does things, you know, get, you know, I'm not sure. Well, it, when Mercury's retrograde, it, it, it affects all of us in some ways the same. But with Mercury retrograde people, <laughs> it tends to have a little more of a profound effect because Things seem to happen when things have been sort of delayed in their life. They really start happening now where other, most of us, things that were happening all of a sudden stop going forward. Um, so it's a lot gets going. It all depends on what house it's moving through in terms of what the specific retrograde at that time means for any individual. So it was retrograding this time around in Pisces into Aquarius. It spent the whole time really for you retrograding in your 10th house, which is the house of your position, your, your work or your titles or your, your public uh, recognizability. So it was a time for you to re-examine uh, what is my responsibility in the world and how am I doing and fulfilling it? Um, what is my title and role? Uh, those things were things you were being asked to look at again. And as it goes direct now, um, starting tomorrow evening, or, or tomorrow um, evening, you will now be able to do something about implementing the things you were thinking about over the last few weeks. Okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is there, is there something that kind of comes across your mind for me right now? Uh, you know, the way, it, uh, the way the universe looks for me or? Um, let me just see if there's something that's sort of popping out here. Let me, yeah, let me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me, let me just, let, let me run the, um, cause I can just look okay. at the visual, but then I can't always see the, but I want to just see what I'm looking at here. That's jumping off the page okay. more than other big planets, Pluto, Pluto's okay. Um, Neptune's, Neptune's doing something interesting this year. It's lining up with your Dharma Karma line, which means this means this year, Nathaniel, is an important year for you to be having contact with or making contact with artistic or spiritual or religious group or groups, that that is your path this year and tapping into your deeper sense of your own spirituality is going to be through group activities or a group you may join or come in contact with. So keep your eyes and ears open for some kind of cause or group or organization that sort of, you know, really speaks to your soul in terms of spiritual or artistic sensibilities. That's what I would say. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, it should be, it should be beautiful actually. Um, I would think. I'll look for for that. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh, I think I'm going to have to end it here with the show. So let me say goodbye to you, Nathaniel, and then um, let me uh, now just say goodbye to everybody else uh, who's been holding on there. I'm sorry I didn't get to you today, but I'll have a show again in a week or two. 
uh, and we'll talk about some new topic or topics for the start of the show and then take your calls again. Uh, I I'll thank you all for calling in and for listening, and I look forward to talking to you all in the near future. Bye for now. <laughs>